Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor. Sometimes we give you bonus episodes here on the feed. This one is called Floor Crew. They go weekly reviewing what happened with the Miami Heat the previous week and looking ahead to the next week. This is Jonathan Gad, Matt, and Timmy. Again, this is Floor Crew. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to the Miami Heat Floor Crew brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm your host, Jonathan, a.k.a. Jonathan MMA. I'm joined by our lovely cast of characters tonight. We got Mr. Tim A joining us. We got Matt and we got Gad we're going to break down, as always, kind of the last week in the Miami Heat, get into a little bit of the future, kind of what you see us. We see kind of how that breaking down for you and then break down some of the hot topics, kind of like maybe some of Jovic's comments or some of the fourth quarter collapses <laughs> that we've seen of late. But uh, before we get too deep into it, appreciate all you guys for checking us out. Make sure if you're not already subscribe, uh, follow us on the podcast feed, follow us on X and Instagram, everything. We'll get you guys updated always. Um, and then as always, we appreciate you guys. So um, let's get right into it, guys. Miami Heat, last couple of games haven't been the, the best showing for us. We've had some great starts, but we haven't closed well. So I want to start with those fourth quarter collapses. I think that's been an unfortunate common theme of this team over the last week. So that's one of the things I want to get into and kind of see what are maybe the overarching problems that have been happening during that time. So, Gad, I'll let you kind of kick it off and, and get started with this. So, you know, the, the Heat blew a couple of leads against the Knicks, against the Bulls. You know, what do you see as the main issues from those leads that we've blown as of late? Um, we can we can always go to roster construction, but it feels like a bit of a cop-out at this point because they can play better even with the players that they have on the team. They get lazy, maybe a little complacent to start these fourth quarters. I think a lot of it is Spo also mixing around lineups and trying to see how things work and that such. Some of them don't work. <laughs> I think we're at the point where maybe we don't need to see them as much. I don't have a specific lineup that comes to mind, but there's just been a, a grouping of them where it's like this lineup on paper doesn't work and it's not working in practice and it's costing us games at this point. Um, so that's one of the things. I, I just think they get complacent, though. I think you have a lot of players that – I mean, this has been an issue throughout the entire Jimmy Butler era on, if we're being honest about the Miami Heat in the fourth quarter in the regular season, they start to play a little bit of hero ball. They get bad results, bad shot variants, whatever it may be. They fall into bad shots, shots that they typically won't take throughout the first three quarters all of a sudden become acceptable because teams are ramping up the defense in the fourth quarter, where in reality, if they just kept the same motion, the same ball movement, the same intention with the ball that they had throughout the first three quarters, they probably wouldn't run into these problems, but 
that I think that's really what it is. They they kind of forget who they are a little bit and try to just go to pure Hooper mode. Where I mean, you look up and down this roster. How many pure pre Hoopers do they have? Yeah, it's tough to find <laughs> a multiple number of that. And you know, to you mention that, it, it reminds me of the game two versus Dallas Mavericks um, in the twenty five in the twenty eleven finals that we had, or twenty twelve. Sorry. Um, no, it was 11 against Dallas where we were up 15 in the fourth quarter and it just became three-point shots, bad shots mm-hmm. go from there. And then one of the other problems that I see is, yeah, exactly. You know, like we're just, like I said, just trying to run out the clock. Instead of executing good offense, pushing the ball up like you know this Miami Heat team likes to do, they tend to dribble the ball up. They're walking past half court. They're doing, they're not doing the little things that got them to the ball game in the first place and got him in the lead. And one of those things is getting the ball to Bam Adebayo. His usage in the fourth quarter has been way down. And that's not what you want to see from essentially the guy you want to take over as your next um, superstar, right? He's the guy that this year throughout earlier the season has proven he could be, you know, a 1A, 1B type player given the reins and given the usage. And when it comes to the fourth quarter, this team is not giving him that amount of usage. It's not giving him the amount of shots that he should be getting. And we've seen him time and time again, take over fourth quarters <laughs> like uh, like we've seen before. So that's something I want to see us to get back to it again. And Van Lee, even if they're doubling Bam, you know, he's so good at finding the feeds. I want to get the ball to him anyways, right? He's such a good passer as well. One of the best passing big men in the league. You know he's going to be able to make the right reads regardless. Timmy, any other thoughts on what other things you may be seeing from this Heat team that have been causing us to blow some of these leads? My issue was always how long Spo, and it's, it's really a Riley and the Spo issue. They wait so long to get the star back in. Like, they would mm-hmm. like, mark. Like, you know, if if they come back in at the nine and the eight minute mark before the, the rope gets a bit too loose, it might be. A, and, and I've just accepted that a Spo coach team, a Riley president team, I don't know what, what their science says, what's the game plan about that. But they refuse. They refuse to bring back in their star player until six minutes. They don't care if the lead is blown. They will sit that star player until six minutes left in the game. And it becomes one of the things we had last season, another clutch game. You know, um and, and but yeah, I touched on it. Basically they it's like I, I saw the meme today where it's like um quarter one, my favorite team. Quarter two and three. Oh my God, we're going back to the finals. Heat culture into my veins. Quarter four. I hate my life. I hate this team. Why do I even like sports? And it's, it's really what a Miami fan is. Like the fourth quarter is that they just get to play basketball. Like, like yeah, I'd say they, they, they go back to playing 21 on the black top and be like, I'm going to get mine. Um, it's just baffling the season. I don't know if maybe. The role players are stretched just a bit too thin because by this time, other teams have their stars on the floor. Doesn't matter if we have a lead. So I just think um, bringing the stars up a wee bit more earlier could kind of falter some of that. Um, it stops some of that faltering we do down the stretch before it gets too late. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. I, I definitely think that we need to bring the players in sooner. You need to, you know, you don't want to be a reactive coach, but there comes a time where you have to, you know, see and assess the situation that's going on on the court and like, hey, I'm blowing a lead. I, I need to 
Uh, I need to bring my players back in and start kind of slowing that down, even if it's a little bit sooner, even if you want to save Jimmy Butler to the last minute. I mean, if he's going to be taking step back threes every single one of those shots, you know, I'd prefer kind of keeping that lead instead of having to force him to do that in a game winning game, you know, tying situation from there. Matt, I want to change tunes a little bit. I want to talk to us about uh, kind of a hot topic right now. Nikola Jovic, right? He was uh, definitely, uh, he had some comments out there, whether it was his actual comments, lost in translation, whatever it may be, some things about how he's not being used in his maximum you know, potential and, and not being used in his right way, being forced to play positions that he's not used to be playing. Today, he came out and said, hey, that was not exactly what I said. Things were lost in, you know, not lost in train. So I kind of want to see what your perspective is on this. What do you think is his overall feelings are overall? Or maybe is he just not standing on business as he should? AK, shout out threat. But um, what do you think with uh, with Jovic? What's going on with that? Um, I mean, like, I didn't make too much of it when I first read it because I don't think he's necessarily wrong with his, like, assessment of, like, how he's being used. But we all knew kind of when he came into the league that – he wasn't going to be a guy who was used as a primary ball handler or even like a secondary ball handler like he was overseas. Like that just was never going to be the case. Um, and so like you're seeing when, when you come into the NBA, when you're 18, 19 years old, however old he was, and you're being thrusted into this new role, it's going to take time to adjust. And now he's being used as like a screener. He's being used as a roller. Um when he's been in the G league this year, like there's been times where Orlando has been up and down. And so he's had to play the five there and he's had to like get reps there and develop there. Um, and it may not be the role that he necessarily likes, but right now with the heat roster, they have so many freaking wings on it. Like it's kind of be kind of hard to have him as a rotation wing. And so you're just, so he's having to get those reps, but I don't think he's necessarily like, at least from the quotes that I read, like, I don't think he's really wrong with his assessment of like how he's being used. If he really feels that way. Um, and so, like, I didn't make too much of it, if I'm being honest. And it feels like we've had this problem before with previous Heat players and how they're not like – how they don't like being used um, or how they're being used in a particular way where it's like you have to develop in the G League if you're a, a quote-unquote project to develop with this organization. Like, there's been track record. Like, Duncan was a perfect example. Like, yeah, it, it was different circumstances, but, like, there's been track records of guys who have developed in the G League who have found sex – success in the NBA, whether it was because of his defense, whether it's because of shooting, whatever the case is like you there's, there's been a track record of guys who have developed um, in this organization in the G league for whatever reason, whatever role. And so like, you just kind of have to, you kind of have to stick with it and keep the main thing. The main thing as Pat Riley likes to say. No, I definitely agree with you. Uh, Like you said, I mean, guys like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, um, look at what Max Struess is doing now. You already said Duncan Robinson. We got Hassan Whiteside, you know, out of there too. Like we were, um, we've pulled a lot of guys from the G League and brought them into, you know, a prominent role in the league. And, you know, with his frame, I'm sure he can go to another team that's maybe not competitive, have a higher usage, being able to to get some other opportunities and some reps of doing things that he wouldn't be able to do on this team. But the way this team is built, like you said, I think it's tough to fit him in with the other wings we have. Caleb coming back, you know, Hakez playing as good as he is, right? Just everything that's going on. Even, you know, Duncan playing some extremely good basketball for, you know, what he's playing too. So it's really hard to squeeze him into even that 2-3 position when it's how crowded it is right now. God, how do you think he could best be used? And, you know, what do you think we should do with him moving forward? I didn't know I was going to be the one counted on to give my honest Nikola Jokic or Nikola Jovic assessment. Uh, I think he's a twinner, and I mean that in a bad sense, if I'm being honest with you. 
sometimes it's hard for these players to who have these unicorn type bodies to have a specific NBA role skill set, right? Like these are guys where you put them with lesser competition. He could probably body a lot of the competition, right? He could probably end up doing a really good job in a bigger role on a team where he's playing against lesser competition often. But the difference is once you're in the NBA, I think you need to either be one of the star guys or you need to be a solid role player that can be counted on. And I think he falls in between that mix where maybe he's not good enough to be like one of those lead guys, but I also don't know how you kind of take the player that he is and kind of minimize that into being a role player without him making strides on the defensive end. So I think he needs to do one of two things, which is either become a like a lights-out shooter, which I don't believe he is at this point. Um, specifically in the catch-and-shoot, it seems like his mechanics are somewhat inconsistent, footwork and mechanics. Um, it, that stuff takes time. That's fine, right? Like that's part of the project and what they're probably working on right now. Or becoming a serviceable defender the problem is if you defend one if you can only defend one position and you're playing on the Miami Heat you're probably not going to play very much so he needs to be able to defend a myriad of positions which is just asking so much for a player like him in addition to the fact that he probably doesn't want to play the five he probably doesn't want to bang with fives so it's a really tough thing to make fit right now. Honestly, I would love to see him in the G League, get his run, see exactly where he can flourish or whatever. And, I mean, maybe there's a fit long-term. I, I think in theory, on paper, Nikola Jovic makes so much sense as kind of like the guy next to Jimmy and Bam. He can space the floor. He can kind of like tag bigs if you need him to. But at the same time, those stuff, that stuff on paper isn't really working out in practice. And I think that's probably where the kind of disconnect between the fan base is, is they're seeing these things in practice every day. They probably understand what he can or cannot do. And they probably understand that it just does not fit with this current iteration of the Miami heat. So I think you're running not only into a timeline issue, but also like a fit with your star players issue. They need role players because they have the top of the pyramid kind of figured out. I just don't know if Nikola Jovic is the type of player that's going to fit with our current top of the pyramid right now. So it is a bit wonky. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he was traded throughout his career um, just because it it doesn't feel like he's going to get the opportunity that he probably wants slash deserves. Because I think he's going to be a good NBA player. I think he's going to have moments where he's going to be productive. I think they definitely identified some talent there. I just don't know if it's going to come to fruition in Miami. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I just wanted to add, since cats just stole my whole thing, but um, something funny I said this summer when every summer it's like um, European players remember how to play basketball when they go in the worlds. But he said something very, very interesting, and, and you see it. When they go over there, they're able to use their full skill sets. Like, they don't have to – the NBA um, – because they're such great shooters, I don't think it's being prejudiced, but, you know, you you already have a seven to eight, nine not roster. The European guy may be, may be cheaper, but older. You really just want them to come in, shoot some shots. So these guys are typecast in this role that they're just floor setters. And, and you made a good point, yeah, that Jovic can't shoot. He's not a shooter. You know, like I, I, I compared him to to young Hito um, when we drafted him. And if you've been following Heat long enough, this happens a lot. You have the Darrell Wrights, the Beasleys. Um, these guys are extremely talented, but the Heat don't really care about talent and love them. I hate them. They have a certain way or a certain skill set they need from you. And either you do it or you go. So um, I thought Yaz was going to say what I going to say, but he has, he needs to be traded. Like at 2021, he isn't going to be what this team needs him to be. He isn't, you know, and that's no knock on him. They have a particular, like um, Liam Neeson said, and taken. He's a particular type of skills that they need. Um, so if he was, yes, as a six eleven, rebound and shoot the ball, maybe that's why they're trying the experiment in Sioux Falls. Like, okay, we know we need another guy who could space the floor up front. If you could do this well, we know yes, your body might not be the the perfect. Um, and this is, is is you know like. I'm gonna say like maybe he's too skinny, but but we've done it before. Like, and I think someone said belly, but even but Jovic, 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 you know, Jovic is not as good as Belly was when he was here. You know, um. So can he become can he become Belly and Hero and all these uh, comparisons? Can he be um Boogie in Atlanta who absolutely kills the Heat? I would love that, but these guys take so long to develop because you need to go on a team to develop. I've been watching Heat for 20 years. The Heat are not the team who will play you because you're talented and let you learn. At no point, other than when we tore our shoulder, the Heat were not competing. At no point. So at every iteration of the Heat, they are playing for the playoffs or the title. They just won't give minutes to a guy in-game to develop. So... And 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 then it doesn't have hurt. It doesn't help him that DJJ is just, whew, like that's that boy good. Yeah, what? and that's, that boy good. That boy good. And I think that's a perfect transition. I mean, I, I like Jaden Ivy too. Honestly, I think that would be a nice little pickup there for someone who, who's like a win now, essentially not win now, but like a guy who's more usable now with this iteration of the team. I definitely would like that. Uh, but I think that's a perfect transition to to Triple J. You know, we've talked about him on the show before, but I want to continue to talk about his growth because he's just continuing to to get better. Um, he's starting to – he had another 20-point game, uh, I believe. I mean, he's continuing to, you know, just flourish on the floor, hit big shots, like be good defensively. Like this isn't really what I expected from him coming into the season. And this man has like over-exceeded every expectation. He's looking like a top-five rookie. Uh, and he's absolutely killing it. Matt, I want you to break down kind of 
what you saw out of uh, Triple J this last week and kind of what you think we can get out of him moving forward this, this coming week. With no Tyler Hero right now and um, Duncan obviously on his way back too, but, you know, just having some extra go. Well, I think the, uh, the him him in Brooklyn, him getting that run was just like based on attrition. Like there was just, they only had like eight guys outside of Highsmith getting hurt and Kevin Love getting hurt midway through the game. But like the thing that I've seen from Hawkins that has been like a developing theme is his shot. Um, it just looks better. Um, like there's you can see subtly how it's just a little bit quicker. It's a little bit smoother. There's not as much of a hitch. It looks like more just like one motion as opposed to just two or three. Um, and so, like, it looks a lot smoother. You can see in the percentages, yes, there has been times where he, he's either really, really good or really, really bad, um, but he's confident taking it. Um, teams aren't really respecting him a whole lot yet, but, again, once you're able to get that respect over time, you're able to leverage that and do attack and closeouts. You can bend defenses that way. There's multiple things that you can do, but, like, just outside of the on-ball reps that he's gotten already with him making live dribble decisions, he's he's knocking down his outside shot. And I think that was the biggest question with him um, really since he was drafted or one of the bigger questions since he was drafted. It's because he wasn't a great three-point shooter when he was at UCLA. You saw flashes of it, but it wasn't like super consistent. And not that it's been super consistent here, but it's been super consistent or at least more consistent lately. And I think that's important, at least, what, 17 games into the season, 18 games in the season, however far along we are. Like you're seeing, okay, he's knocking down his shot. He's he's at least like when, whether it's like a late shot clock situation or whether it's just like a normal half-court set, like he's being able to knock down those catch-and-shoot opportunities. And that if he just develops that over time, he's able to leverage that into so many more things, and that's really crucial for him. Yeah, I mean, he's becoming a 3 and D plus so many other skill set guy already in his first year in the league. Timmy, I'll throw this one back to you, man. You know, what else have you seen from Triple J? Like, what else do you like about his game? Kind of just give me what you've seen from him and, and what do you think maybe out of these next couple weeks? Obviously not too far in the season, but I want you to kind of tell us what do you think we'll see maybe some more development over the next month or so. <laughs> Um, I didn't. So his last year, he finally got his three point up, um, percentage up to like thirty five percent. So I really expected like a horrible shooting. Like I expected for him to be more of a a midi post player, you know. But the corner threes are, are, are almost automatic. I'm like, what am I watching? Um, I think the play would make me like, mm-hmm, like, like audibly, like while watching the game, just do a, a big mm-hmm, was when he did the he did the Haywood on Haywood, like he did the little pump fake on Gordon Haywood. I was like, oh, this is this is light on light crime. Like, what is what is what is happening right now? Look at Juan Wick. Um, but it's just he's so patient. Like, um, you could see that the game was slowed, and I, I don't even think it was ever fast. To be quite honest, like. He came in very poised, very much like a vet, and I think he's making a good case for for teams to start for contending teams to start driving drafting four year four year rookies. Like I don't know if the Heat have, have even actually developed him yet. Like I I feel like he just came in because everything like um during camp everyone said he was a shocker. Like and even Bob said himself when him and Hero came in they weren't that 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 up to speed. Um, so I'm just looking for him to I, I want to see his reps with a healthy roster because you're getting Jimmy back. You're gonna probably get Hero back. Caleb finally looked at like himself the last game. Um, what is his and can he replicate his impact on lower minutes? Is he a guy who needs a lot of minutes? Does he need 20, 25 minutes to really make an impact? Or can he get a, get you what you want in 20 minutes? So I'm just looking to see as his minutes will come down. 
um, with Caleb's going up, how will he look in those limited minutes? But he, he, I mean, I don't think I've I've, I've visibly seen him make a mistake. I think I've watched the game and seen him make a mistake yet. It might be, you know, I know no one's perfect, you know, he's still a rookie, um, but I just, in comparison to <coughs> Scoot Henderson, <coughs> oh man, I had to get out of my, of my chest, um, Scoot looks like he's lost. You know, maybe the, maybe we need to abolish letting these guys go to the G League first before they get drafted. Um, but Jaime just looks like um, he belongs. Yeah, like like you said, I mean, um, one I think it was versus Chicago. He hit one three in one corner and then another three in the other corner. And to me, it was like watching uh, a little baby Shane Battier kind of almost doing his thing with how he was operating defensively, the corner threes. Obviously, he, it seems like he'll be able to do a lot of different things on the offensive side outside of just a corner three. But that just individual moment was was really well. Um, and so let's I want, I want to turn tables to kind of moving forward because, you know, I, I think it was, you know, something around nine of our last 10 uh, were lot on the road. And now coming up, I think eight of our next nine is going to be at home. So we're going to have a little bit of a homestand, which is going to be nice for this team. Heal up, get everybody healthy, kind of move on from there. Gad, I'll let you kind of break down this next coming week for this Heat team. You know, we got the Bucks, we got the Pacers. Um back to back as well over the next week before that little in-season tournament. Um, how do you expect this team to do over those next couple of games? Yeah, so this is going to be a fun change of pace. I'm not going to lie. I'm excited for this week of Heat basketball because you look at who's coming into the building. One, you're playing against Giannis. You know what Giannis brings to the table, right? But this is going to be the most unique game plan that we've seen for the Giannis iteration of the Bucks because they have Damian Lillard. So the other theme that I want to go with here, or I guess two themes go hand in hand. We're seeing elite guard play this week. Feel like we haven't seen too much of that thus far. Obviously, Darius Garland, but the Cavs game, that, that whole game felt weird off the jump. This is going to be a fun test. They played Damian Lillard, then Tyrese Halliburton two times this week, I believe. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be offense, 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 as opposed to just kind of being able to play their style of play. To you, me, said, to you said twice, but depending on how tonight goes, you may play them three times in a row. Coop, Coop made a tweet. I just was reading the tweet. Depending on however the in-season tournament goes tonight, you may play the Pacers three straight games. Interesting. That seems less than ideal, but the point still stands. Um, we're going to be playing against elite, elite engines of offense. We're going to be playing against elite at least in theory, offenses. I'm very excited to see how they play against the Pacers, though, because the Heat are a team that they love to they love to muck it up. They love to bring you down. They love to get you in the trenches. And then, I mean, it's funny we say in the fourth quarter the Heat will kind of do their thing, which is the antithesis of what they've done so far, but that's fine. You know, the Heat kind of work through these things. This is more of what they become come playoff time. But I am excited to see if they're able to kind of slow these teams down a little bit, get them in the mud, and play more their style of ball because – that tends to be, if we're being honest, what wins in the NBA. You'll get these teams that are really, really great, super prolific offenses, and save for the Warriors or whatever, more or less, you get a physical team that knows what they're doing defensively and then kind of be like an amoeba on defense. They will bring you into the mud, and they will keep the game down under 110 points, and that's where Miami can strike, right? Timmy's pulling the rope. That's literally what the Heat do. They start baiting these teams that are all offense. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna muck up your cuts. They're gonna get physical on your cuts. They're gonna make sure that your ball handler is not gonna get his first read. They're gonna take it with a first read, make him think a little bit more. 
So I'm excited to see how Miami looks in these games. I couldn't give you a record prediction right now. I'd say one and two probably feels right. I'd be surprised if they were able to beat the Bucks, but maybe Duncan plays. I don't know exactly what the injury report's looking like, so that's going to be interesting. But it's going to be a fun, fun week of Heat basketball. We're going to learn a lot about this team and how they approach playing against these elite offenses. Matt? Spoh said it, I think, of like maybe a day or two ago. This team, before the road trip or before these two long road trips, it's a different team coming back in the sense that like I think this team is more gelled. Um, they figured at least some things out. Yes, they've they they've had they suffered some injuries. They've had to deal with that. They've had guys in and out of the lineup, um, including Tyler Hero, which hopefully he'll be back within the next few weeks. But like, I think this team, I think they're better prepared to go up against a Milwaukee than they were the first time around, and I think they're better against. I think they're better suited to go up against an Indiana. Um, than they were like at the very start of the season. Because again, I think this team is more gelled. Again, I think they figured some things out both offensively and defensively. Um, a lot of that is like contingent on if like, if Bam's healthy, if Jimmy's healthy, if Duncan's healthy, so on and so forth. Um, but I think this team will probably, I think Gad's right. I think one and two, maybe you can squeak another win in there. Like maybe, like maybe somehow they squeak a win and must win tomorrow night for the in-season tournament. Because guess what? If they win tomorrow night and a few other things happen, this team could either I be they, – they can win the group stage or they could potentially be one of those wildcard teams. So I really think like that that's something that kind of sort of matters. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe I'm making too much of a big deal of it. But like this is a – like if they win tomorrow night, and maybe they they split Indi- against Indiana. Indiana, I think, has given Miami trouble in the past, or at least like this Tyrese Halliburton iteration has a little bit to some extent. Um, and so I think they probably split those two games. Uh, so I think I think one and two is realistic. I think two and one's getting a little bit generous, but I still think this team is capable of it. In best case scenario, yeah, I think one and two, um, two and one. Th- those are kind of. What you expect? I don't expect this team to win all the games, nor do I expect them to lose all the games, right? I, I think um, you can get one or two wins, you know, if they're able to get against the Bucks, which you know this team always plays up to their competition, and unfortunately, also does play down to their competition. But they will bring their best effort against them. I, I do expect that as long as this team is healthy enough and have enough enough names on the roster to actually uh, be able to compete and get into that and kind of go from there with that. Now. As far as that, Timmy, I want you to kind of close us out, my man. Uh, just give us kind of what you expect this team to go through for the next uh, the next week leading up into the preseason tournament. So, whereas I do fear um, Halliburton and the rest of the the shooters in um, sorry, I'm trying to be daddy. So I do fear Halliburton and I do fear the Bam and Buddy Hield, but those boys do not play defense at all. So this will actually be what the Heat needs to generate some offense again in the groove. So I, I don't. I actually want want to say we're gonna because we we gotta remember Bomb wakes up for Miles Turner games. You know how dare Popovich put him on the, the team before, over him. Um. So I do think we take one, if not one, both pace of games. Um. But I I just feel something just feels something in the air. I know what it is. I know if it's. Post Thanksgiving is almost Christmas, but I just feel like the Heat learned about themselves on the road and sometimes sleeping on your own pillow. 
almond, you know, just smelling the how your lawn smells in your own backyard. This does something. I think the home cooking comes true, and we're gonna see um, MVP bomb this week. I love it. I love it. I think. Go ahead, Gad. I do have a question that I want to go around the horn on this one. Just a quick answer. Do you think the Heat score over 120 points one time this week? Timmy saying yes. Yes. Have you looked at the Pacers last 10 games? The lowest. I know, I know, I know. That's you brought that up. They don't play defense, which is I'm I'm intrigued to see if the Heat either kind of assimilate to them or if they kind of bring them down into the mud. But I'm in I'm excited nonetheless. Jonathan, I think one of these score like 121 one game. Yeah. The Heat did? Oh, the Heat do. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> I think one of those games they have an excellent three-point shooting night. You know, I think they'll just cut too much, too much ball movement, leave too many shooters open. Miami will just let the flood rains come from there. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of how that rolls. But as always, guys, we're pulling up on 30 minutes. We appreciate everyone for joining us here on the floor crew. Um, it's, it's been an exciting season of heat basketball so far. Uh, a lot more storylines coming into the season with hero being out, Duncan evolving into who he is, triple J becoming who he is. Bam. Taking that next step. Jimmy Butler step back three as always. Right. But it's been a fun season thus far. We appreciate you guys for always kicking it with us. Appreciate you, Matt, Timmy and Gad for always joining us here. Uh, make sure, like I said, as always, like the video, subscribe if you're not, as always. And we'll see you guys next week. Let's go Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.